Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. And I'm going to preach for a few minutes. Let's be like Paul. Let's be like Paul. Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you for your presence in this place. Father, we realize that your presence can do more in 10 seconds than we could ever do in a lifetime. And we just ask you to do that now, God, for your glory in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, let's be like Paul. Paul was a missionary, had three different missionary journeys. One of them, he had a shipwreck. (laughs) But let's start with verse 1. It said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Paul knew who he was. Paul knew who he was. He was a, a servant, first of all. He was a servant above everything else. Then he declared himself to be an apostle. Now, he was not one of the 12 apostles, but simply he was sent by God for a specific purpose. That's what apostle, apostolic means, sent by God. We have an apostle in the house. He's sent to this place, to this region for a specific purpose. And it's not just to have church. Amen. It's not just to have church. It's to transform this region and transform it for the glory of God. So Paul knew who he was. He was, he was appointed by God, but he was a servant person. A first, and then he was an apostle second, which he, God, had promised afore by his, by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Not that he promised Paul, but God promised the gospel through the prophets of old. How many, how many years before Jesus Christ came did, was he foretold that he was coming? Thousands of years before he came, Jesus Christ, the good news, was prophesied by the prophets of old. Verse 3 says... Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. That's the one thing that makes us different from all other religions, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He's not there. I finished a book that I was reading by Bill O'Reilly called Killing Jesus. Anybody ever read that book? You should read that book. The last line of the book is that, and I'm not going to quote it correctly because I don't have it in my notes, is that the body of Jesus has never been found. And that just, it just struck me. The body of Jesus has never been found. Why? We know because he's at the right hand of God. But secularly, and Bill O'Reilly wrote this not from a spiritual standpoint. He wrote it specifically from a secular standpoint. And he brought out so many different things that I had never thought about. Here's a couple of them. And this, this is not in my notes, but when Jesus was led to his crucifixion, the guards that were around him, it was a quadrant of four, quad means four, there were four men in charge of um, flogging him, of beating him. And Bill O'Reilly brought out, brought out in the book was each of the four men that were in charge of flogging Jesus had their opportunity to flog him. And understand this, so many times we go, we go through the scripture, but we don't quite grasp it. When I say flogging, I'm not talking about just a little bullwhip. 
I'm talking about at the end of the, of the whip, there were those tiny steel balls that had uh, steel ends protruding out of them that when you hit him across the back and you yanked it across the back, flesh came. Okay? And they, every time they did that, well, what it was is the four men that were in charge of that each had their opportunity to do that. And what they tried to do is they tried to flog him better than the one before them. Better, quote, unquote. And it got to a point to where if the one flogging him ripped so much flesh from Jesus that you saw his internal organs, that was considered success. I want you to understand that Jesus, not only he died on the cross, but what he went through before he got to the cross was for us. It was for us. And so they each tried to do the best that they could in flogging him and... and scourging him, and I'll just leave it right there. But I'm talking about let's be like Paul, because Paul knew who he was, and Paul knew that God had promised the gospel through Jesus Christ, and we need to understand where our origins come from. We come from God, yes, but our origins come from the good news. We are to perpetuate the good news of the gospel outside these four walls, right? We are to perpetuate the gospel every day of our lives, if no other way than just by the way we live. I quoted this scripture, or this point a few weeks ago, that someone had said that, you know, you can preach the gospel and use words if necessary, because more times than not, people will watch what you say, they'll watch what you do and how you conduct yourself. Amen? Let's go just a little bit further. Verse 5, not only was he resurrected from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship. For obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Anybody receive grace? Thank God for his grace and mercy. Amen. Verse 7 says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Now understand, Paul's an apostle, but he's kind of moving into the pastoral part right now. Because he said, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. You're called to be a saint. When we think of saints, we think of St. Peter and St. Thomas and, and all that. You're called to be a saint. Do you know that? You're called to be a saint. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You are to speak peace wherever you're at. Sometimes you just need to speak peace to a situation. Sometimes you need to look in the mirror and just speak peace. Sometimes you just need to speak peace. Now, he's speaking it to the whole, the whole understand the Romans, he's, the letters addressed to the whole Romans. But with it being in Scripture, it's also addressed to us. Us, speak peace to your situation. I don't feel peace. It doesn't matter. I don't know where it's going to come from. Well, first of all, you do. It's just the enemy trying to lie to you, telling you you don't. But just speak peace to your situation. I'm talking about let's be like Paul. Paul went to, he was going to be going to Romans, and he wanted to speak peace before he got there. You have, a, you have a difficult situation coming up this week? Start, start speaking peace to it now and see what happens when you get in there. First, verse 8, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for, your all, for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Throughout the whole Roman Empire, their faith is being spoken of. Do you know that you can act in a way with your faith that people start talking about you? Let me ask you this. When it comes to your faith, are people talking about you? Or do they just look at you and skim over, over you and go to someone else? 
See, if we walk by faith and we trust God to do what he said he would do, then we would be able to lay hands on people and they recover. Well, what happens if they don't recover, Pastor Mike? He said for us to lay hands on them, he'll take care of the rest of it. See, I, I used to be apprehensive, Pastor, when I first started preaching, and I, you know, I'd, I'd preach, and there wouldn't be much of a response. I thought, well, that was a dud. Or I'd lay hands on somebody, somebody and nothing happened, and I thought, well, okay. But you've got to understand, we are to do what he tells us to do. The results are up to him. Because I'm not the one that heals anyway, he does. I'm not the one that saves anyway, he does. Do what God tells you to do. Leave the results up to him. And you know what? One of two things may happen. It may be 15, 20, or 30 years before you hear the result of what you did 20 or 30 years ago. Because there's times that people come up to us and say, well, do you remember when you did And I'm thinking, no, I don't. And I think that may be partly by design. So I'll just forget it so he gets the glory for it. You know, and even if I do remember, he still gets the glory. I'm talking about, let's be like Paul today. Let your faith be spoken of throughout the whole world. And let people begin to notice how you conduct yourselves even in hard times. Okay? And I, I just glanced over and saw Brother Williams, and my mind went back to, to Sister Williams. You know, his faith, he spoke his faith to me without him saying a word. Because when we went, went I, I had the opportunity to go to the Willows, and, and more times than not, and I'm trying to think if there was a time he wasn't doing it. I don't think there was. You know, maybe there was a time that he wasn't doing it, but he was reading, he, he was reading Scripture or he was reading the paper, but more times than not, when I walked through the door, he was loosening Sister Williams' feet. Or he would be wiping her face, and, or he was in the bathroom rinsing out the, the washcloth to, to finish taking care of her. See, his faith spoke to me that way without him even saying a word. Because he believed God's covenant that they made together some 50 some odd years before that, right? Let people speak of your faith without you even saying a word. I'm talking about let's be like Paul. Verse 9 says, For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. My question to you is, are you praying for us? As your pastors, as your pastoral team, as your leadership, are you praying for us? If you're not, please do. <laughs> please do. We're praying for you. Please know that. We are praying for you because we want to see God move in your life just about as much, if not more, than we want him to move in our lives. Because when it clicks with you guys and it clicks with us, there's nothing the devil can do to stop what God's called us to do. Amen. So I encourage you to pray for us. We pray for you. Pray for each other. If you ever feel during a service that you want to go pray for somebody, I would dare say step out by faith. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Well, Lord, what if it's me? Well, first of all, it's you he's speaking to. And it's your faculties he's going to use. You know, you ever, you know when you... When, you, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost and, and you feel that utterance coming, you're thinking, well, Lord, what if it's me? Well, first of all, it's your tongue. It's your physical tongue he's going to use. He's going to give you the utterance, but he's going to use your faculties, right? I'm talking about let's be like Paul today. Let's go a little bit further. Make a request if by any means now at length I may have a prosperous journey to, by the will of God to come unto you. 
He's asking them to pray for him to come to them without mishap. Because the man's had a wreck or two. You know, when you're on a boat and the ship wrecks, what do you do, right? Verse 11, for I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. That's the reason that we're so hungry for people to come into the house. is because not only do we want to impart to them, you can impart to us. And we can impart to one another. You know, I'm convinced that one of the things that the enemy has used this COVID stuff for is isolation. I'm convinced that's one of the greatest things he's wanted to use it for. And I totally understand. You know, people, there's people that have not come back since a year ago March because of the COVID. You know what I tell them? I understand. And I do. I understand that people are fearful of it. I don't judge anybody because of it. But if I'm just encouraging you not to allow the devil to use isolation— and I'm not talking about just COVID. You know, have you ever been in a room filled with people like in a sanctuary like this and all of a sudden you feel all alone? Anybody? I have. Anybody else? Okay, me and Steve? No? Okay. But he'll use isolation to keep us from fellowship. We need, I need you. I'll just tell you, I need you. I need your fellowship. You encourage me. You really do. Am I looking for encouragement? Not necessarily, but when you come up and you say those things, it's an encouraging thing. So understand that we need each other, and, and I'll skip past the scripture where it says, you know, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, because I don't want anybody to think we're, we're judging you because you're home because of COVID. I totally understand it. I had it, don't want it, don't want you to get it. Amen? Let's go a little bit further. I'm talking about let's be like Paul. Verse 12, that... That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. See, it's not just the faith of the pastoral team or the leadership. It's your faith. It's our faith mixed together, seeing what God can do in this region. You know, we are all called to bring people into the fold. We are all called to invite people to church. I know how weird it is. I really, really do. I know how awkward it is, especially when they look at you and tell you no. I know. But when somebody tells you no, go to the next person. When they tell you no, go to the next person. Just keep going until somebody says yes. How often do we have to go until Jesus comes? How do you know that? It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It is God's will for everybody in the world to be saved, period. How come they're not? Because it's all about me. It's all about them. See, when you come to Christ, you die to yourself. How often do you die to yourself? Daily. Because every day the enemy is going to try something old because he has nothing new. And he's going to keep trying and keep trying. And what does he do that for? He tries to wear you down. He tries to wear you down. Don't let him. How do you not let the devil wear you down? Get into the word. Get into his presence. And then speak against him. Speak against the enemy. I'm talking about let's be like Paul today. Let's go a little bit further. Verse 13, now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, but that oft times I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among the Gentiles. Verse 14, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. What is he a debtor for? To preach the gospel. We are, in debtor, we are indebted to preach the gospel. Why? Because we have freely received of the gospel. We have freely received the good news. We have freely been given salvation. We need to tell others about it. 
We are in debt to God for that because we need to preach the gospel to others. Verse 15, for as much as in, in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. You do not have to be standing behind this pulpit to be a preacher. You do not. Because can I tell you, anytime that you share your testimony, you're preaching the gospel. And honestly, that is the best way for you to preach the gospel. That's the best way for me to preach the gospel is to share what God has done for me. And all you have to do, you don't even have to think back, back years ago. You don't have to think. Of, you can think about yesterday. That he brought you through yesterday. And he's brought you to this moment. That's a testimony. Because don't doubt it. It's the enemy's plan to take you out of here. It's the enemy's plan to take me out of here. But God has a greater plan. So I encourage you to share your testimony with those that are around you. How do you share your testimony? Listen to them. When you come, at, when you come in, across people, all you have to do is listen to them for about 30 seconds, and you'll find an opening. Because most of the time, people don't mind sharing with you their problems. Most of the time, people don't mind sharing with you how they were mistreated or how someone did them wrong. Our responsibility is to be ready at that time to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us to say those words that they need to hear to minister to them. That's how you testify. That's how you preach the gospel is listen to what people are going through and then you have the answer of what they're going through. Well, what if I, what if I didn't specifically go through the, the, that one problem that they're going through? But you've been through situations before, and you know how you got out of them through the grace of God. Share that with people. Share that with them. I'm going to share one. I'm, I've got more, but I want to give you one uh, last verse of Scripture. Maybe. Verse 16. Let's be like Paul. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Don't ever be ashamed of the gospel. Don't ever be ashamed that you're in a Pentecostal church, that you go to a Pentecostal church. Don't ever be ashamed of that. You know, no doubt when you invite a friend on a Sunday morning, no doubt there's going to be tongues and interpretation. No doubt. Because it always happens. Especially when it's people that aren't used to it. But can I tell you that the Bible says that tongues are a sign to whom? The unbeliever. Okay? So when you invite people to church, I always tell them, I, I, used, I, I tell them, I say we're a non-denominational church, which we are, with Pentecostal style of worship. And I don't back down from that. But from now on, Pastor declared it a, however long ago, we are a Pentecostal church. There's nothing to be ashamed about that. You know? Because... The power of the gospel is, will change their life. The Holy Spirit will give them power to do what you're doing with them, and that's to tell people about Jesus. Let's be like Paul today. Let's know who we are. In this day and time, when people cannot decide whether they are male or female, we need to know who we are. That is absolutely ridiculous. There's been two or three times 
and, and it's, not, it's not fear, but there's been two or three times when I've gotten up from a restaurant or something to go to the restroom, and I, I see the men, women signs, and I get a little apprehensive thinking, I'm going into the re- to a restroom where some female who feels like she's a male could come right in there. You know, they, they want to believe the science about COVID, but they don't want to believe science biologically. That makes absolutely no sense to me. And so you've got to understand that you have to have an answer for that. You know, and I understand when it it comes to government and and the workplace, you cannot simply blurt out, you know. You can't blurt out the gospel. You can't blurt out in tongues. You can't blurt out. I understand that. But there are times when they bring it up, the Lord gives you an opportunity to say, hey, here's what the Bible says. So I want to encourage you today. Be like Paul. Stand with me, would you please? Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.